following message is presented by Erie Evangelical Free Church in Erie, Illinois. We are a church that exists for the good of our community and are proud to share the gospel of Jesus Christ as we seek to know him and make him known. A couple months ago, Aaron and I, mostly Aaron, cleaned out the attic in our house. And one of the things we loved about our house when we, when we bought it was we, we went upstairs and there's this huge attic space. I mean, it's massive, and we thought there's no way we could ever fill this thing up. It would be awesome. And it took us about seven years to fill up this attic space and walk in every time you walk in, just be like, I don't know where we're going to put anything else. Right? So we decided, okay, it's time to, time to start cleaning out. But as you start going through those things, you're like, man, why do we even keep this stuff? Right? If you've done this, you know you pull out like faded baby clothes that have holes in them. Why are we keeping this? Throw pillows that are have burned edges or some kid has chewed all the you know tassels off one side or something <laughs> or, or you find broken toys and you just go why in the world did we ever hang on to this it's just a bunch of useless stuff that we have no reason to keep but for some reason we held on to we all have a lot of that stuff in our lives don't we whether it's, it's the possessions of worn-out baby clothes and throw pillows and broken toys, or maybe it's illnesses that you have, maybe it's an addiction, maybe it's the loss of a loved one, maybe it's some sense of inadequacy that you carry around with you, maybe it's an arrogant spirit, maybe it's an attitude of entitlement, maybe it's a trust in your own abilities and reason, maybe it's a, a doubt in God's goodness, or maybe it's something else altogether. But the fact of the matter is most of us have something or some things that we hang on to that we have no business keeping around. And in fact, for most of us, we've kept those things around so long that we don't even realize they're still packed up in the attic. We don't even realize they still impact the way that we think, the way that we act, and the way we build relationships. But we all know they're not good. We all know we need to get rid of them. But why? Why isn't it okay for us to keep this baggage buried in the attic? Why is this so dangerous to our lives and to our faith? Last week, Colossians 3, verse 1 through 4, we heard Paul say that, listen, you've been raised with Christ, so your focus should be above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Your focus should be on Him and Him alone. And we talked about how Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 through 18 is really one thought. And, and we said, okay, we focus on Christ. Now, today and next week, we're going to see two very practical um, practical implications for this. We're going to look at one this week, we'll look at one next week. But today we're going to see how this Christ-centered focus that Paul has told us that we have because we've been raised with Christ, how that teaches us to examine and deal with the attitudes, the thoughts, and the actions of our old nature. How it tells us how we deal with the things that we hold on to, maybe some of the things we've stuffed in a corner of the attic that we're, we don't even think about anymore. But they continue to take up space and continue to impact who we are and what we do. And the first thing that, that Paul's going to teach us here is he's going to say, listen, 
when we talk about your old nature, don't forget this. Don't forget that your old nature is destructive. Don't forget these old things that you keep packed away, that you keep hanging on to, that you have no business keeping around. They are destructive. Colossians chapter 3, verses 5 through 7, says, Therefore, therefore means, right, since you are to focus on Christ, keep your vision on things above, not on things of the earth. Therefore, put to death what belongs to your earthly nature. Sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, God's wrath is coming upon the disobedient. And you once walked in these things when you were living in them. Paul says the old nature is destructive. He's very clear here. right? He says right off the bat, therefore, put to death what belongs to your earthly nature. Put to death. What does that mean? There's no deep meaning here. There's no like hidden Greek exegesis about, well, what does the Greek really mean? No, he means stop it. Put an end to it. Kill it. Put it to death. What do we put to death? He says the things of the earthly nature. And from there he gives five vices. And he says sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed. Now, there are some people who won't want to pick these five apart and go, well, this one means this, and this one talks about this, and this one talks... That misses the whole point of what Paul's doing. He's not saying these are the five you have to avoid, and these are the only five. He's giving us examples of things that apply to the earthly nature, things that are of the earthly nature. His focus is not on the individual things he's talking about. His focus is on what they have in common. And what do they have in common? They are all carnal in nature. They all feed off of selfish, fleshly desires, and they all lead to things that contradict God's holiness. This is, this is Paul's point. Not that, hey, avoid these five and you can do whatever sinful thing you want, because those sinful things don't apply to your earthly nature. No, no, no. It's like when, it's like when your kids go, hey, I hate, I hate all the vegetables, broccoli and carrots and peas. They mean only broccoli and carrots and peas, right? They love cauliflower and Brussels sprouts. Because they didn't mention them. No. That's what Paul's doing. He says things like this, these carnal things that feed off your fleshly, selfish, sinful desires and contradict God's holiness. These belong to your old nature. These are idolatrous. These are heart-level things that manifest in physical sin. And Paul says, don't forget, you all walk in the ways of the sinful flesh. Right? Who here has not walked in the, the ways of the sinful flesh? Don't raise your hand. Because you'd be wrong. He says, you all have dealt with these things. And you know what happens from them. Do they lead you to goodness? Do they lead you to God's holiness? Do they lead you to faithfulness in Christ? No. They lead you to a separation from Christ. They are destructive. They bring God's wrath. Why? Because they contradict God's holiness. And Paul's point is simple. He says, this is where our natural inclinations always lead us. Our natural inclinations always lead us to God's wrath. It's destructive. 
And we know, right, there's, I think any of us would go, oh, sin and idolatry is, is destructive? I never would have thought of that. Right? You know this. None of us would argue against that. But here's the, here's the kicker. How often does our comfort with our old nature keep us from recognizing its destructive power? We recognize the big things, right? Yeah, I didn't kill anybody, so I'm good. If I did, man, that would be, that would be bad. I should, I should probably put that to death. I, I didn't rob a bank. My thoughts are I'm going to go rob a bank. I should probably put that thought to death. Yeah, we get it. But how often do we fail to see that our complaining is destructive? Because complaining means that we've elevated our ideas above the way that God is moving. He's not fast enough. He's not powerful enough. He's not doing enough for me for my vision of how things should work. That complaining mires us in selfishness and drives a wedge between us and God. Paul says, put it to death. How often do we fail to see that our lack of forgiveness is destructive? Because it means that God's justice has not served to suit our limited wisdom and vision of what justice should be. It spins us around and it, it sends us running to some false god of, of human law. Paul says, put it to death. How often do we fail to see that our closed-fisted con- closed control over our finances and our schedules are destructive? They're rooted in our lack in trust of God's goodness to provide for us, for our families, and, and for our friends in the, in the physical realm, and for the satisfaction of the fulfillment of our own desires. That kind of control, it buries us in the eventual and certain failure of our possessions to provide for us. Paul says, put it to death. Put it to death. In Romans 8, Verse 7 and 8, Paul says, The mindset of the flesh is hostile to God because it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it is unable to do so. Those who are of the flesh cannot please God. Now, you hear what he says? He says, The mindset of the flesh, the old nature, our natural way of thinking, our natural way of acting, our natural inclinations, right? They're not the best way to act. Is that what he says? God would prefer you do something different. If you've got the time to really think about it, maybe consider going a different direction. No, it says those ways are hostile to God. They're combating God's will. It's not always going to be the big thing that's easy to spot. But anything in our lives that feeds our selfish desires and separates us from the holiness of God brings God's wrath. It should be put to death. Anything in our lives, no matter how small or how reasonable we can make it sound, that conflicts with God's nature, separates us from Him, and brings destruction. Put it to death. 
Are we willing? Are we willing to put to death every ungodly way? No matter how big or how small it may seem to us. Are we willing to put to death every ungodly way that clings to us? That we carry from the old flesh? our old nature, whether we like it or not, whether we want to believe it or not, whether we see it or not, our old nature is destructive. Paul says, make no mistake. But we also see, Paul says, from a, a functional standpoint, right, our old nature is destructive, but from a functional standpoint, he says, our old nature, not only is it destructive, our old nature is obsolete. Our old nature is obsolete. Verses 8 through 10, he continues here. But now, remember he just said, look, those ways of the, the old nature, the ways of your flesh, the ways that you once walk in, the ways that feed your selfish, sinful desires and set you opposite of God's holiness, right? you walk in those, but now. You once walked in those, but now. Put away. All the following. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and filthy language from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, since you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self. You are being renewed in knowledge according to the image of your Creator. The old nature is obsolete. He says, put away all that old stuff. Put away, and the... The metaphor that he's using here is, is really one of clothing. He's trying to draw our attention to, to the idea of, of clothing. See, the believer, the one who makes Jesus not just Savior, but Savior and Lord, is to set aside or put away the old flesh. While those clothes, those ways of living, once fit us, once seem to fit really well, they no longer do. They fit our old nature. They don't fit our new nature. And so we are to put them away. And put away what? Well, again, Paul gives us a, a list of vices. And, and much like the previous list, he's, he's not saying only these. He's giving us five examples. He says put away anger, wrath, malice, slander, filthy language, and deception. Because again, these are acts of selfishness of idolatry, of emotional, physical, and verbal outbursts. He says if one is resurrected with Christ and, and puts away the old nature, puts on the new nature, receives a, a, a circumcised heart that we talked about a few weeks ago, he says then there's no room in your heart. There's no room in your life for such an outdated mode of existence as living in these things of the old nature. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17, Paul says, Therefore, I say this and testify in the Lord. You should no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thoughts. Hold up. When he's saying Gentiles here, he's not comparing the Jews and the Gentiles, right? He's not saying you and I, no matter what we do, have this futility in our thought. He's contrasting the believers and the non-believers. Gentiles here means the world that does not follow Christ. He says, you, you shouldn't live 
like you don't know who Jesus Christ is. You shouldn't live like Jesus is not Lord over your entire life. Because what that does is it leads you to a futility in your thinking and in all of your actions. Instead, as he gets down to verse 22, he says, take off your former way of life, right? Take off the clothes. Take off those old clothes. Put them away. Take off your former way of life. The old self that is corrupted by deceitful desires. To be renewed in the spirit of your minds. And to put on the new self. The one created according to God's likeness in righteousness and purity of truth. Paul says, when you are renewed in Jesus Christ, you have a new nature. The old ways don't work. You should see that the old ways don't work. And they should feel like they don't work. You know why? Because they don't work. Simple. See, we will constantly in our lives, you will constantly be tempted to revert back to the ways of your old nature. Every single one of us. If, if, if we are not focused on Christ, we will revert to the ways of our old nature. Situations, frustrations, relationships will all beckon us to respond, not by the fruit of the Spirit, but in the weeds of the flesh to which we were once so accustomed to live. But we always remember that those ways of the old nature are certainly not efficient. <laughs> and honestly, they don't work to accomplish anything that is worthwhile. They don't work to accomplish anything that is good beyond maybe a moment of fleeting happiness. Last week, as I was uh, getting ready for church on Sunday morning, I grabbed a shirt out of my closet and I put it on. did not fit. It was just too tight. So I took it off. I grabbed another shirt out of the back of my closet. Put it on. It just didn't fit. You ever put on clothes that don't fit? How long does it take you to realize they don't fit? Not very long. It's evident right away that those clothes don't fit. So you know what I did with those shirts? I didn't hang them back in the closet thinking, well, maybe I'll try them next week. I got rid of them. Full disclosure, I haven't actually gotten rid of them. They're ball up in a ball in my closet. But I will get rid of them. <laughs> but I got rid of them. I mean, I, yeah. I got rid of them. We, do, we must do the same thing with our old nature. It should be very easy to see that those ways don't fit. They're not comfortable. They don't look good on us. They just don't fit, and so we get rid of them. When you feel that anger swelling in you, how do you get rid of it? Are we willing to repent? Are we willing to apologize? Are we willing to seek forgiveness for those who saw that anger rise in us? When we sense jealousy rising, will we get rid of it? Will we repent? Will we look instead, instead of being jealous of that person, to encouraging them, to building them up, to speaking God's love and goodness over their lives? 
when we notice the drift in our intent focus on Jesus Christ? How will we set it right? Will we repent? Will we lay our hearts back before the throne of our sovereign King? Because here's the thing. Our old ways, our old natures, those things that we feel rising up, bubbling up, starting to take over us, those will never work. They will never bring about anything good. How many times have you given in and acted upon that old nature and then looked back and been like, man, what was I thinking? Because the old nature doesn't work. Jeremiah 17.9, one of my, my favorites. And it says the heart is more deceptive than anything else. It's incurably sick. Who can understand it? Right, the heart there is the human nature. Our ways, they just don't make sense and they do nothing but bring trouble. So if we want to go back to them, we're going to be going back to something that doesn't work, something that is obsolete to our new nature. The question is, will we reject the easy and comfortable and natural ways that are obsolete to faith in Jesus Christ. Our old nature is destructive and it's obsolete. Finally, in verse 11, Paul reminds us that that destructive and obsolete nature, our old nature, is disowned. Our old nature is disowned. Verse 11, right? And remember, Paul has said, you've been raised with Christ, set your, set your focus above, therefore put to death things that belong to your earthly nature, those things that you once walked in. Set them aside. Verse 11, he says, in Christ, there is not Greek and Jew, circumcision and uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, slave, and free. But Christ is all and in all. The old nature is disowned. This is the, the, the pinnacle of Paul's discussion of this old nature. And really simply, if we want to pare this down in, into its simplest form, what he says in this verse is this. You don't belong to your old nature. So disown it. You don't belong to your old nature. So disown it. See, in Christ, we are brought out of that old nature, out of that way in which we used to live, the way we used to walk, the way we used to respond, and we're joined into God's kingdom, into his family, and into the community of believers. Now, each, each description he gives in verse 11, right? Jew and Greek, circumcision, uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free. Every one of these contrasting pairs tells us that we don't belong to who we may actually think that we are. Right? We are not children of God because of our culture, not because we're Jewish or Gentile. We don't, we're not children of God because of our, because of our background, right? circumcised, uncircumcised, good religious-keeping people or not. He says we don't belong to Christ because of our, our geography, right? Barbarians and Scythians, barbarians were, a, uh, were kind of from the south, and the Scythians were from the north. They were both considered barbaric, for lack of a better term. 
but they were separated by geography. He says, you're not children of God because of your geography, because you were born in the United States, because you live where you live. He says, you are not a child of God because of your status, slave or free. It doesn't matter. He says, we are children of God because we are renewed by God's grace through Jesus' body and blood by the power of the Holy Spirit. Paul says the cross obliterates every barrier and every division to unite every believer in and with Jesus Christ. And that union in and with Jesus Christ is the only thing that matters. Your old nature doesn't define you. Your old nature doesn't own you. You don't belong to the ways of your flesh in which you once walked. In those ways of the flesh that still, even today, in your most faithful moments, find a way to creep up and, and poke their ugly heads out. Your heart, soul, mind, and strength are bought and paid for by the blood of Jesus Christ. First Corinthians 6.20 says, You were bought at a price, so you are not your own. You belong to Jesus. You belong to Jesus. Because God loved you so much. But he made you. He made me. He created mankind to know him and worship him and serve him. He put us in the garden of Eden so that we could walk with him. Right, Adam and Eve walked with God with no separation. To know this perfect, beautiful relationship that comes only from a good and faithful God. And yet, Adam and Eve, like you and I, decided they had a better way. They knew more than God. They chose their own way over His. And they created division between themselves and God. Just the way that our old nature, our sinful flesh, creates a division and a separation between us and God, a separation that we could never make right, a gap that we can never cross until he sent his son Jesus to be born in Bethlehem to live a perfect, sinless life so that he could be the perfect, sinless sacrifice whose flesh and blood paid the penalty for our broken, mangled, fleshly nature. He would pay the penalty of sin on the cross. He would defeat death in his resurrection. He would ascend to the right hand of the Father where he sits. The work accomplished. So that you and I no longer belong to that old nature and that old way of doing things. We belong to Him. We belong to the King. We belong in His kingdom. We are heirs to God Most High. Not because of who we are, not because of what we've done, but because of who He is and what He has accomplished. We don't belong to our old flesh. You do not belong to your old flesh. I don't know what it is that you're carrying with you today. I don't know what it is that keeps kind of clawing at your back, that keeps a hole on the heel of your shoe, that every time you look back, you're like, I can't believe I'm going through this again. I can't believe this is happening again. You know what? You don't belong to that. You have power to defeat it, not because of who you are, not some power you have, 
but because Jesus bled and died and rose to make you His. It is His power that is victorious. And so you do not belong to your old flesh. In Christ, you are a new creation with a new nature. Now here's the thing. Sounds well and good, right? We realize that Jesus gives us a choice in this. He's given us the command to take off our old nature, to reject it. And he's done all the heavy lifting. But we can keep wearing those old clothes. You and I can make a choice today. We can keep putting those old clothes back on. They don't fit. They feel awful. They feel terrible. But we can keep putting them back on. And you probably know Christians who are walking around who say, yes, I believe in Jesus. And maybe they've had a great conversion experience, but they still want to live in the ways of the old flesh. They can't seem to get rid of this thing. They can't seem to let go of that one thing. Maybe you're that person. Jesus says, I've done everything you need to let this thing go. But are you going to put on the new clothes? Are you going to get rid of the old? Here's the challenge for us today. Right? We will feel that old nature come up. It will rear its ugly head on you. Probably before today's over. Right? I'll have four experiences this afternoon, I can promise you that, where I will feel that old nature start to, to creep up on me. I can give in. I say, it's okay. Church is over. There'll be a church that has to see me this afternoon. I can be whoever I want to be. I have to remember that that old nature is useless and has been defeated by the body and blood of Jesus Christ. Listen, are we willing to trade in the old nature, those things that come easy, that come natural, so that we might put on the better clothes? Next week, we're going to zero in on the new nature that we receive in Christ. We're going to talk about those better things. But for today, we're reminded of what we leave behind and why we leave it behind. Our earthly nature, that old, outdated, destructive, desperate, false identity that we used to carry with us before being forgiven, redeemed, and renewed by the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That old way that is of no value to us anymore. And because we know that, we are to put to death its destructive intent, to put away its obsolete operation, and to disown its divisive power. Church family, may we recognize the uselessness of the natural response of our flesh. And as we surrender to the sovereign authority of Jesus Christ as our Savior and our Lord, May we leave the devastation of that uselessness behind. Let us be a, a people of repentance. People turning away from the old and turning toward the Lord. Let us be a people of repentance of our sin. 
And in doing so, may we dedicate our heart, our soul, our mind, and our strength to that to which we have been called in the new nature. May we be strengthened in our resolve to know Christ more fully, to love one another more deeply, and to serve the kingdom more passionately as we make the power and the beauty of His love, His grace, and His, His mercy known more and more every moment of our lives. Would you pray with me this morning? Father God, we thank You for the gift and the blessing of the life that we have through Jesus Christ. We thank You that while we all, every single one of us, walked in the ways of the old nature. And for some of us, we look at it and we see very clearly the destructive power of the old nature. For others of us, we may feel like we did okay. But every single one of us walked in the old nature. And Lord, we repent of the ways that we have given in. We repent of the ways that we used to walk and we repent of the ways that even now we are sometimes far too easy to give in to what comes natural and what comes easy. But we thank you. We thank you that as we repent, we're already delivered to your forgiveness. And we are reminded that you have given us everything we need to walk in faith and godliness. To put to death the old nature. To put away those old clothes that don't fit. And to pursue you with a reckless abandon. And we are reminded of that. And we can't do it on our own. It's a gift of the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The power of redemption through the body and blood that allows us allows us to know you and love you and serve you. We need you above all else. None of this is about us being better, us being stronger, us doing the right things. That all comes. It only comes when we rest. Thank you for listening to this week's message. If you'd like more information about Erie Evangelical Free Church or our ministries, please visit www.eriefree.com or join us in person at 1409 16th Avenue, Erie, Illinois.